What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of The Blue, the self-proclaimed chillest podcast you've never heard of. I'm Taylor. And I'm Christian. And we're going to be talking about sexuality and surfing. Yeah. So before we get into this episode, um, we are now, this is a new thing. Uh, We release episodes on Thursdays and every Friday we're going to be going live and doing a broadcast on either our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com slash the blue podcast or on you now. We're still figuring it out, but um, we'll post about it on our Instagram. So if you want to go follow us uh, on all of our social medias or if you want to um, support us on Patreon, we're calling that our blue family. And we do a bunch of uh, exclusive content and uh, giveaways, discounts on upcoming gear launches, and just hang out. So if you guys want to support us, uh, head on over to our Patreon. Um, and then to kind of start off this episode, because it's an important topic, I think we can agree it's kind of an important topic. <laughs> it's important. It's fun. It's interesting. It's informative. Yeah. Um, yeah. We wanted to just kind of uh, preface by saying we're not just a surf podcast, but we're also a society and culture podcast in the subculture of surfing. Um, And we do want to talk about social issues and human rights and discuss what's really important, Um, not just what's happening, you know, in the sub community of surfing, but the world as well. So, yeah, big, big, big topic today. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be cool yeah. to talk about yeah awesome um but i wanted to talk to you about my new morning routine that i started doing yes please do okay so i have switched over from coffee to a new coffee alternative called mud water so i found these guys and at first i was like mud water that sounds gross <laughs> who would want to drink mud but it has a lot of these ingredients that are super beneficial for you that, I mean, there's like little to no coffee in this, but it still gives you the effects of coffee, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So there's like chai, cacao, cinnamon, turmeric, salt, and then they add different types of mushrooms that'll help with like the cognitive functioning, immune support. Um, and apparently all of this stuff has been used for a long time in like India and like Asia mm-hmm. and re- I don't know how long it's been in here in the US but they started growing it in the US and now we've been using it like pretty consistently and I've heard a lot of great things about it so I am trying this today is my first morning trying it and you're supposed to try it for a week and then that's when you start to feel um like the, like the benefits of it yeah so that's insane. we'll see me I'm going to be more focused, alert, and you don't get the jitters. And apparently you can drink it at night and you'll still be able to sleep. Really? How many uh, cups are recommended per day? Uh, Just just one tablespoon. Oh, one tablespoon. And you just mix it with hot water. And you could add honey. You can add milk. You can put it in your smoothies. So there's a lot of, you can do a lot with it. Make some lattes with it. And I'm excited about it. What does it taste like? Um... Honestly, it just tastes like cacao, like raw cacao mm-hmm. and turmeric. Ooh. So. I like that. It's interesting. Um, but people add people add cayenne pepper to it to add a little spice to it. Oh, dang. 
So that's, I might try that. And then, um, oh, they also gave me a sample of MCT oil. I don't know if you know what that Tell is. Tell me. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's a type of coconut oil. And it's supposed to give you like an extra boost of focus and energy. Whoa. Yeah. And again, no, no caffeine. It's all organic. It's all FDA approved. Yeah. So wow. it's supposed to be really good for you. So, and this is not sponsored. I am, this is not sponsored. I'm just raving about this and I haven't even like gone a full week of it yet. So we'll see how it goes. Oh, that's so awesome. So I guess for yeah. our listeners, if you're interested in this, where can you find these guys? Uh, you can find them everywhere. Facebook, uh, Instagram, just mud water. You'll be able to find it pretty easily. And then all of their info is on the website. And I research, researched it pretty extensively because I was super interested in it. And yeah. It has really cool packaging too. It's like stealth. Can I see it? Yeah, it's like a it's like a cool stealth plastic-free container. Ooh, and it's mud water WTR, right? Yeah, mud WTR water. Wow, that's so cool. And they have that they, they have cool stickers like like uh like fuck your coffee because yeah, like people are switching from coffee to mud water yeah. now so well you'll have to let me know how that goes because i'm an avid coffee drinker and i yeah. know that my consumption rate is not healthy yeah yeah that's yeah no, that's one of the reasons why because i drink i drink like two cups of coffee in the morning sometimes and i don't know want to try something different yeah you should so journal we'll it let me know day one not alert <laughs> day two still not a alert. little alert <laughs> day seven wow (laughs) (laughs) i feel like you're more honest with yourself when you journal you know what i mean because you're just doing it for you rather than yeah summing up a whole week you know yeah no that's very true yeah but um i one of the reviews Mm -hmm. that was for mud water i'm just slow no keep going this will be my last segment on mud water apparently um kelly slater is on mud water get out and and he says he's he's stopped drinking coffee and this is his new coffee. So how much is it? Uh, is it pricey? So I got I got this mm-hmm. a sample of the MCT oil, mm-hmm. which is also a creamer, mm-hmm. and then it comes with a frother. That's pretty fun to use. Uh, I, I think the total was sixty with shipping. Okay. And this this comes with thirty servings. But if you want to get just the just the mud water itself, no sample, no uh, frother. I think it's forty, forty dollars, forty-five for thirty servings. Mm. Yeah, and then there's different sizes for different amounts. Okay. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you have to let us know how that goes. I will, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so um, I guess we can dive into this topic. Um, and again, this is just our, I guess I, it's our opinion, you know? I mean, we're going to be talking about factual things and very real things, um, but we are just two people's opinions. Um, and I think that that's important that we, you know, preface. Um, but yeah, we just kind of hope with this conversation to bring a new perspective and a new conversation to the surf industry, possibly. Mm-hmm. So um, let's dive into the world of queer culture <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> um oh by the way i don't think i've ever said this on the podcast before but um i identify as a queer woman 
I'm dating a girl. I've been dating mm. her for almost four years now. Um, and I am a cis gendered female. Um, so those are my, you know, pronouns go by she, her, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we just wanted to um, dive into kind of the stigmas of queer surfers and female surfers. Uh, so let's just get into this. Do you want to say how you identify or? <laughs> uh, sure. I am a straight male. My guy. Planet. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, basically, okay. So I guess I, I wrote a little something about like the LGBT community and, how I fit into it and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think I really want to go into that. I just kind of want to talk about the surf industry and what's going on, um, how long it's been around. Basically, professional surfing, it's been going on since, what would you say, like the the 50s, 60s? Professional surfing? Yeah, 60s, 70s? I'd say the 60s, 70s, and then I think the 80s. Or like late 70s is when they did the world tour. Mm, Okay. I think. I'm not sure. So I guess what we're trying to say is it's been around for a very short amount of time. As opposed to other sports. Like main sports. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So with that said, the industry is still very small. It's very traditional. Um, But that's not to say that they're not open-minded. Because I think the generation that we're living in, a lot of the time... Um, in order to stay relevant, you kind of have to adapt to what's going on. Uh, You can't just, you know, stay set in whatever belief you started with and run with it, Um, especially if, as a whole, we're all changing and growing. But um, with having such a small traditional industry, in order to be a professional surfer, you have to travel the world, spend a ton of money if you're on the CT. I mean, I guess if you're also a... No, yeah, even if you're like a free surfer, you still have to travel to like do videos for their sponsor, mm-hmm. re- promote like a new... like A new product. Line or that they come out. Yeah, something new like that. Always, yeah, they always require a lot of stuff from you. Yeah. Um, or if you're on the QS... I mean, you have to fly yeah. all over the place to surf these QS events to possibly qualify, qualify. for the CT. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which the QS stands for Qualifying Series and the CT is the Championship Tour, for those of you that don't know. Um, yeah. Which, side note, I for some reason I can't stop thinking about this, so I just want to include this really quick. Um, even though I felt like I was gaining headway to an important topic. Did you see <laughs> mm-hmm. the launch of the Billabong's new wetsuits, the custom wetsuits? Everybody that's sponsored oh, yeah. by Billabong started posting their, we said new product and it made me think of that. And I just wanted to, the new yeah, wetsuits. I wanted to know yeah, what you, you thought can, of that launch. I thought, I think it's pretty cool. Um, you can, yeah, it's crazy how you can customize like the color of like the top half of the body, the bottom half of the body. Each arm, each leg. This is, I think there's like the zippers too. And like the, oh, really? the chest strap could be different. And they also do it for their board shorts too. 
That's crazy. Like I, I, I played around with it and there's a lot you could do with it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I mean, that's another, I guess, concept about adapting to the yeah. industry. I mean, their customization is huge and Billabong is tapping into it. Yeah. But definitely. yeah. Okay. So anyways, back to our main point, I guess. <laughs> um, it, it costs a lot of money to be a professional surfer. And if that's you right. don't have a sponsor or um, a company that's helping or a brand that's, you know, funding, you're pretty stuck. It's it's going to be hard to be successful and if you don't have a sponsor. I think I remember, I forget when it was. It was a couple of years ago. I was watching one of the CT events and... I think it was a wild card surfer. He was definitely not a CT surfer, but he made it into the main event. No sponsor, no like no stickers on his board or anything. And the the commentators were admiring him for making it that far without a sponsor. I think I don't know if it was like a personal choice or I have no idea why, but and then they're saying how like yeah, that must be really hard for him to not have a sponsor and like he has to travel pay for everything himself to go to like the qualifying events in order for him to get to the main event. And they were saying like how many steps he must have taken to get to that spot. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's not easy being an unsponsored professional surfer, even if you're not competing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause then you don't, you don't get, cause then you don't get paid because sponsors are where you get your, like your major endorsements and yeah. stuff like that. So a lot of the time professional surfers or, you know, surfers that are trying to, get to that professional level you need a sponsor you're kind of at their their beck and call you know is that the the term beck and call yeah you're at their disposal (laughs) and the hard thing with that this is kind of where it all starts i guess is um the concept of what sponsors want so it's it's hard because brands want to support you as an athlete, right? But that comes with so many different things. So they're looking at your surfing, how well you're surfing. They're looking at what you represent. They're looking at your look. They're looking at your sexuality. They're looking at everything and they're trying to see if you fit with their brand, which Mm -hmm. is kind of hard you know yeah it's like it's like they screen you before they sponsor you you know yeah and i remember before like i don't know the 80s or 90s whatever sponsors sponsored the like these kid surfers just based on their surfing not based on like their lifestyle or yeah like who their family was or who they knew around that sponsor it was just just about surfing and they just wanted to sponsor these kids and treat them and now yeah now that's it's based on a lot of a lot of things now yeah and that's yeah. i think that's what's so difficult is um i don't think that they should be people are dynamic humans cannot be put into a box You know, I understand that obviously, you know, if you're an athlete sponsored by Nike or something um, and you're a pro, you have to fit the Nike mold as in you have to, you know, 
be a good person. You can't like yeah. be a wild card. But I feel like I, I just don't feel like not being attractive, having a different sexuality or I, I don't know. I think that the base of a lot of the stigma comes from brands. But I do, I mean, I do want to say they're working on it, but it's not yeah. perfect. So um, yeah. I wanted to share a story with you really quick about this woman. She was a professional surfer in uh, like 2010, 2011. Mm -hmm. She lost her main sponsor and um, she, she wanted to continue surfing, right? So she had to fund herself to travel around the world wow. and surf. And it came out to around $50,000 to do that. Yeah. And that's geez. So that just kind of puts in perspective how much money competing and doing something like this is. Um, so I, I don't know. It's hard because being businesses, sponsors ultimately are motivated by high returns. So when it comes to profitability, they're putting everything into consideration. So I understand, but it's also like, it's, there's, it's a struggle because if you look at everything, women's events only draw in a fraction of crowds that men do. So therefore, yeah. those brands receive a fraction of the funding for females. However, I do wanna say that surfing was the first sporting industry for equal pay. It took a long time for that it too. It did, but- I remember, yeah. Go ahead, but yeah. yeah. it's the first, yeah, yeah, it's the first, it's pretty, I'm just repeating what you're saying, but yeah, it's the first one to do that. But I remember for the longest time they were struggling to make that happen. And mm -hmm. I remember when the announcement came out, everyone was super excited and I was really happy to hear that for sure. Yeah, it, w it was shocking too, because I never expected it to it be was shocking. surfing, you know, because yeah. it's such a small, yeah. it's still such a new sport, I feel like, but that was awesome. Yeah. And maybe that's why it was easier because it is such a new sport where they're able to adapt and change. And also like the way the CT works versus like leagues, it's a little different. Right, right, right. Um, okay, so I guess we can kind of dive into, so historically women surfing, it's been sexualized, right? And we're in this kind of world where we're trying to break this whole stigma of, you know, you can be an amazing surfer and you can get yourself on tour without being, I guess like, like the most beautiful, yeah, like attractive right. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. There have been a handful of surfers actually um, where they missed out on a sponsorship because they were not attractive. Attraction is such a, oh my God. It's a hard though, because like, what is attract attraction? You know what I mean? Like you can be very attractive in the way that you are and your personality. Definitely. It's just unfair yeah. that people have these like internalized biases and they're basing very real, you know, decisions yeah. on a bias. Yeah. Uh-huh. I remember there's an interview that, I don't know if you saw, that Sage Erickson was in and they posted about it. Did you hear about that one? Mm -mm. Tell me about it. Uh, I forget who her previous sponsor was, but I know she's sponsored by Ruka now. But she was saying how 
like before there was so much pressure on her to to fit the expectation that her sponsors want from mm-hmm. her as far as like how you're supposed to look in a bikini how you're supposed to look in a wetsuit like stuff like that and she, it was just too much for her to handle and she was spending more time trying to fit their expectations fit wise as opposed to like her surfing and that's not what it's supposed to be about it's supposed to be about surfing you know what i mean so i don't know if she got dropped by her sponsor or if, if she left but she finally just i don't know she left them or something and then i think ruka picked her up because they knew how she was more about like her health and and her her fitness as opposed to how she looked in a bikini mm-hmm. and she i know that she's much happier now with this sponsor because she is she doesn't have to worry about how you know this, how yeah. she's supposed to look in a competition you know what i mean yeah she's she's just worried about herself and she can train and she can surf with no no pressure no. yeah I feel like if I was a brand, I would much rather support a diverse group of athletes rather than have all of these athletes morph into me and what I want, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm not going to make someone change who they are, you know? That's not how it's supposed to be. You should be whoever you want to be and you should be proud of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I do think that obviously people need to be respectful. They can't just be like crazy people cussing people out. I mean, but you have to look at it this way. Professional surfers and professional athletes, they're not going to really do that. They're going to hold themselves to a standard because they have fans, because they themselves are a brand. Even though they're supporting or supported by a brand, they themselves are a brand. Right. Yeah. Right. Did you want to talk about Noah Dean a little bit? I feel like he's kind of a fun, colorful person to talk about. Yeah, we, we could totally talk about him. He, I, I'm pretty sure he was on the QS for a little bit, but um, I, don't, I don't even know who his sponsor is. But anyways, yeah, I was going to yeah, say, just, do you know if he's currently sponsored? I think he is. I think he's sponsored by, I don't know who it is. I think Billabong. I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I think Billabong, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's he's mainly a free surfer. He does a couple of trips here and there, um, but he is known as like a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. He like come like when interviews comes in, he has no filter, mm-hmm. and he literally says anything he wants. Like if you look up his like any of his surf edits, and he's being interviewed, and he has like just relentless as far <laughs> as like his content that he says. Um, and then there is one infamous video our moment where he was accepting an award at the some like ct award ceremony i think it was like the end of the year mm-hmm. for like the he was part of like a best video edit or something like that yeah and he he won he won the he, he got the award mm-hmm. and it was at the time where um asp the association of association of surfing professionals when was transitioning into the wsl what it is now mm-hmm. And he said, fuck the WSL. Right. And like he did this after people were applauding and then they just like stopped applauding <laughs> and they're like, what did he just say? Like, yeah. Yeah. 
we're all yeah i don't know it was yeah it's crazy but he also after that came back and apologized publicly and um i think that that's important to this conversation i guess because it's accountability i mean he still kept his sponsor right yeah um yeah, and nothing did. against him at all because he's you know a wild child and he's awesome and rad and everything um, but he yeah. he held himself accountable. He apologized. He's also very young, so he just kind of made a rash decision in the moment, got caught up with the applause, and just you know screamed a <laughs> fun word. <laughs> but yeah. um, but if you're looking at his actions and what he did, and then you're looking at women that aren't as beautiful as other women, and they're missing out on opportunities with a sponsor. You're looking yeah. at queer yeah. surfers that aren't being picked up by um, brands because of their sexuality. And it's right. interesting because um, I feel like we, I just lost my point. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're doing it really well. I too. know. Okay. I guess I'll just go into, um, oh yeah, I remember. It's, it's because, um, so people, people aren't out. Like a lot of surfers and a lot of people aren't out in the industry because they don't want a chance losing their sponsor or they don't want a chance missing like, out. Like they haven't they haven't come out, yeah. right? That's what yeah, you're exactly. Saying. Yeah, yeah. They haven't they haven't come yeah. out with their sexual orientation, which that's a whole thing in itself. Like, do we think that people yeah. really need to come out because why straight people don't have to come out? Why do we? Um, mm -hmm. But you know, that's a whole conversation in itself, um, and that's a huge thing why representation is huge. And that's why I honestly applaud Tyler Wright with that whole interview where she, I know that to her, she, you know, had said, Hey, I just fell in love. I, it was very natural. I didn't feel like I needed to come out, but now that I, you know, I was in a relationship surprise, it was with a girl. Um, and yeah. although she, you know, didn't make it a statement as in like, I'm coming out, she doesn't realize how powerful that is because there are a bunch of surfers mm -hmm. that are queer and they are looking up to her now, you know, yeah. I mean, like, look at Kiala Kenley. She is an out surfer as well. And she's a rad big wave surfer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of these women are just a great representation of that and they're they're thriving you know what i mean and i think that that's huge yeah. in the development and the kind of like adapting within the industry right because Definitely. yeah i mean clearly i'm i'm not suggesting that if you're a queer surfer and you're sponsored come out because don't you know, that's, no, it's yeah. a very, sexuality, a sexual orientation is a very personal thing. And if you feel comfortable, that's, you know, that's when you do it. If you're safe and you're comfortable and you're proud, then hell yeah, yeah. do it. But um, I just think Tyler Wright, that was just so rad. Can't get over it. Have you, <laughs> have you noticed a difference with that as far as like out athletes and surfing? Have you noticed a difference with that with other sports though? Like, do you feel like with surfing, we find a lot of are like less out surfers than we do with like any other sport, volleyball yeah. or soccer or basketball? Honestly, you know what I yes. Mean? I feel like a majority yeah. of professional soccer players, well, okay, I'm not going to say majority, but a lot 
of professional yeah. women soccer players are gay. Some of them are even married yeah. to each other that are on the same team. Um, and yeah, I, I think that that might be because our industry is so small and so traditional yeah. and you know we we yeah, rely I, heavily on uh individual support rather than a team's support so or like a global support yeah but i mean like think of it like, if yeah. if you were a team right it's kind of like an individual sport versus a team sport you have to be i don't know it's just this whole stigma of like i'm getting overwhelmed just thinking about it <laughs> but do you know what i mean <laughs> like as a yeah, as a I soccer player, you are whatever your team is. So you yeah. are your team and you're yeah. financially supported as a team. Whereas <clears throat> excuse me. Whereas um if you're a surfer, even though you're on a team with whatever brand supports you, they're supporting you individually. Yeah. You don't have a contract with a team. You have it with them right. just one on one. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate how that is, how because you know any other sport that's like globally popular it's you know yeah like you said they're a team um but i don't know i feel like surfers should get more support from their sponsors because that is essentially their team their family along with their fellow surfers you know but yeah agreed agreed hope i mean maybe eventually it'll you know transition into that but we are a newer professional sport mm-hmm um so yeah just like anything it'll take time yeah so yeah i'm i'm not gonna we're not here to shit on the surf industry and we're not here to shit on um you know different surf brands but we do think that in certain ways they really can step it up you know yeah they really can take accountability and make changes like this is the time so this is definitely the time yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, support. I mean, all definitely, kinds of definitely with with Tyler's with Tyler's piece. You know that I think that's going to help spark a new transition for sure. I think so too. It was such a powerful yeah, story. She's she's going to get a lot of support from like her her fans, and then they're going to comment and say like, "Oh, like we're so proud of you. I think it's awesome." And everyone's going to see that, and from there it'll just grow. Exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so huge. Yeah. Well. I feel like there's so much more to be said, but I feel like we did a good job kind of summarizing kind of. Yeah. I guess we can kind of end it there. And then if we want to pick up on another topic, if our listeners want us to pinpoint on any of the million subjects we just kind of went over. Um, subcategories. Yeah. Sub-subcategories. Please let us know. Um, but yeah, just, you know, stay tuned. We release episodes every Thursdays. Uh, we're now doing live broadcasts every Fridays. Um, follow us everywhere and, uh, leave us a review five stars only, please. Also, thank you everyone that has been reviewing, um, our podcast. It's so cute and so overwhelming and we're (laughs) honestly so grateful. It literally like puts a smile on our face. Like I look at it and I literally smile. It's crazy. It's so oh my god it's very joyous to see you guys it really is you guys are amazing supporting us so um yeah yeah we uh we look forward to seeing you guys tomorrow during our live broadcast yeah so be sure to tune in at either our patreon or our you now but we'll post about it on instagram and um yeah we hope to see you guys out in the water as well
come <laughs> say hi to us if you see us <laughs> but anyways yep, we'll be surfing um we'll uh we'll see you guys later, later. <laughs>